I hope everyone had uh, an enjoyable summer and uh, welcome back. It's wonderful uh, to be learning with you once again uh, this year on Sunday morning. Uh, I wanted to again thank and give a gracious shkreach to our annual sponsor for the breakfast over here on Sunday morning to Dr. and Mrs. Dudi Diamond. And may they be zeirche to mash hatzlocha and bracha for all that they do for the community, for the shul. Much hatzlocha b'chol masa yedeim. Um, I also uh, wanted to mention that uh, perhaps we should dedicate our learning this morning uh, to all those who died on September 11th. Uh, that day, for all of us who were in New York on that day, is uh, 15 years ago, was seared within our memory. And may our learning be evil uh, uh, for those, uh, those who lost their lives on that day. <coughs> I wanted to discuss this morning the Pasuk in this coming week's parish in Parashat a woman is not allowed to wear a man's garment, a man, a woman's garment. It's abomination before Kaddish Baruch all who do these kinds of activities. So now the Pasuk seems to be limited, and it's a literal reading of the Pasuk, to garments, that a man is not allowed to wear a woman's garment, a woman, uh, not a man's garment. But if you look in the Gemara Nazir, it seems to expand the scope of this Easter. The Gemara tells us over here, O Yitzbeis, Gemara Masech Das Nazir, and Daphne Tesamet Aleph, on the second line, Minayin Shaloi Teitzei Isha Beklezayin Lemochama. How do you know that a woman is not allowed to uh, carry weapons out into war? It's not only referring to garments, but accessories as well, perhaps jewelry and weapons. Vayilbash Gever Simlos Isha. Not only is it garment specifically, but uh, any kind of adornment, any kind of accessory that is unique to woman, or usually attributed to woman, a man is not allowed to wear. But then the Gemara not only expands this Easter to accessories and jewelry, but expands it also to forms of grooming. You look at the first line of the Gemara, Amar Rav, Meko Adam Kogufu Batar. A person is allowed to uh, shave off his body hair with a razor. And the Gemara asks Akasha, but Meisvei Hamaver Beis Hashachi Beis Ha'erva Reza Loike. If you remove the hair from the Beis Ha'erva or the Beis Hashachi underneath the arms, Reza Loike you get Malchus for the Easter of Lo Yeka Lo Yubash Gever Simlasisha. He's following the grooming practices of women. So Emperor the Gemara Habitar Habimisparayim. When did Rav allow this? Rav allowed it Bimisparayim to shave to cut the body hair, but not with the tar. That's what the other statement is referring to is with a razor. With a razor is Malchus, Rav is referring to scissors. But even scissors, if you look at the uh, last line of the Gemara, three lines from the bottom over here in Ois Beis, the Gemara seems to limit even the use of scissors. Is one allowed to be Megaleach? Taisa says it's referring to scissors. In the Beis HaEv and the Beis HaShechi. You're not allowed to do it. But if you're not going to use scissors, it's going to keep growing and growing and growing. It's to become uncomfortable. Don't worry, hair doesn't grow forever. At a certain point, it will fall out. The longer that it grows, the more likely uh, it is to fall out. And this is quoted in the Shulchan Aruch. You look in the Shulchan Aruch, when it comes uh, to the Beis HaErva, the Beis HaShechi, one is not allowed to even use Misparayim. When it comes to other parts of the body, mutter, the Shochnar says in the last line, mutter lahaver se'ashariv arm b'misbarayim. You can use scissors to trim the, the hair, but in the base of every, in the base of shechi, uh, you cannot even use scissors. A razor anywhere on the body seems to be 
excluded. So even grooming, which is usually attributed to women, uh, is prohibited for a man to do it underneath this larger heading of uh, This is also uh, apparent from the Gemara in Masechtas Makis. And the Chacham obeys, where the Gemara says, If a person pulls out a white hair, uh, two white hairs on Shabbos, then he is violating the Malach of Gezez, shearing. But the, bride, the Gemara there says, But if you're pulling out white hair, that would apply to black hairs also, but if you're pulling out white hairs, and the, the way that women uh, might do, that's Asar even Bechol, Mishum Shenema, Yilbash Gever, Simla Sisha. Also included under this uh, Pasuk. So the Pasuk initially discussed garments, then we included accessories, and from the Gemar Nazia, the Gemar Makis, seems to be including even methods of grooming oneself, of cutting one's hair, uh, should not be similar to a way that is usually attributed to women. Then the Shochan Arach in Yerdea, Simen Kuf Nun Vav, Sifbeis, over here, Oisei, extends this even to any activity uh, that is usually attributed or done by women, a man is not allowed to do it, even if it's not grooming, even if it's not clothing, because the Yerdea, the Shochan Arach quotes from the Gemara Masef, the Shabbos, a man is not allowed to look in a mirror, because that was something that was usually done only by women. Okay, so this uh, Pasuk seems to be much more expansive, uh, cover much, uh, many more activities than we might have initially imagined. Where do we see this alluded to in the Pasuk? The Pasuk seems to be describing specifically clothing. So the Nitziv and the Hey Dover suggest that perhaps it's uh, included in the conclusion of the Pasuk. The conclusion of the Pasuk is, Ki it's a Tayeva. Before Kaddish Baruch anybody who does any of these activities. What activities? We only mentioned two things. A woman can't wear a woman's go- uh, men's garment, a man can't wear a woman's garment. What's Kol Oisei Eila? All of these. Sounds like there's more than two. So the Nitziv claims that this is an allusion to all of these other Yisurim that are included under the umbrella of Lo Yilbash Gever Simlas Isha, that it includes any activity, grooming, clothing, accessories that are usually attributed uh, to women. What if there was an activity, uh, grooming, clothing, that later was initially uh, usually only practiced or done by women, but later becomes adopted by men as well? Does it now become uh, mutter? So the Gemara, if you look over here on the third line back in Nazir, Nantasmadalaf, over here, Ois Beis, the Gemara tells us a few words in, on the third line, there was a certain individual, this Chayev Negida Kamidur Abami. He became Chayev Malchus before Abami. And he uh, revealed underneath his arms. The way they used to give Malchus was he would put his arms out like this and they would hit him on the back. So you could see what was underneath his arm and they saw that he had uh, hair underneath his arm. They saw that he didn't uh, cut the hair there. Let him go. Once he saw that, he said, let him go. Must be, he's a Tamil Chacham and he is innocent. Wrongly convicted. How do you see from the fact that he had hair underneath his arm that he's a Talmud Chacham? Isn't that uh, it's also to trim the hair underneath your arm for everybody? That's what Yilbash Geber Simlasisha, to groom oneself in the fashion of a woman. So the Ran writes in Mesechlis of Oedizaret over here, Ois Vav, Hainu Lefi, Sheba Oisai Makum, Naguha, Anoshim, Lahavir Sebe Sashechvi, Sobe Seherva. It must be in that place, the custom was that men also removed the hair underneath their arms of the Bey Seherva. Vizesh lay heavier. This person who didn't do that, he he demonstrated shahayim and Must be he's a tamar chacham. 
who even though the practice changed and was adopted by men, they still refrain from doing it. If it's also for everybody, meaning the minig had not changed, this was still only practiced by women, how do you see from the fact that he didn't remove the hair, that he's a Tamil Chacham? From here the Go'inim derived, if the custom is in that place that even the men remove the hair underneath their arms of the then it would become uh, permitted. Yeah, there might be Talmud uh, Chacham and might refrain from doing it. That was how they uh, knew that he was a Talmud Chacham. But the Ran says, And this is quoted in the Shulchan Aruch. Look back at Ois Gimel. In Simakuf Pei Beis the last word on the first line, Vamed Mamurim. If the custom is only that women do this, men do it as well. The Shochanarach is uh, is not an endorsement. You know, you don't get Malchus. But the Ramah writes, even the Chachila this can be allowed. Tamidei Chachamim refrain uh, nonetheless. Okay, but it's mutter even the Chachila. Here, but the Ramah adds the disclaimer, Tamidei Chachamim might, uh, perhaps should refrain. But if you look in Ois Hay, when the Shulchan Aruch is discussing looking in a mirror, the Ramah quotes this halacha as well. Again, we said the Gemara and Shabbos, only the practice of woman was to look in a mirror. Therefore, a man shouldn't do it. It's uh, included under the umbrella of Yubash Gever. But writes the Ramah at the end of the second line, this is only when it was a practice of uh, women to look in mirror, not men. Then it could be including If it becomes a practice for men to look in the mirror as well, then it does become mutter. And here the Ramah makes no such disclaimer that Tamir Chachamim should refrain from looking in the mirror. He doesn't say that. It implies that it's mutter for everyone. So the Gilead Marsha, that's of Shlomo Eger's comments on Shulchan Aruch, I gave it to you here in the bracket at the end, he adds, well, but the Ramah said by, she, by cut, cutting hair, shaving the hair, even if men adopted, Hamidah Chachamim should refrain, the Mikhomokam, shouldn't look in the mirror. But the Ramah didn't say that. So perhaps the Ramah distinguished uh, between the two different practices, meaning even within practices that are adopted, initially attributed only to women, but then later adopted by men, perhaps we could distinguish between how uh, common has it become. If uh, shaving the hair of the base hair of the base shechi, even if it has become commonplace by men and acceptable for men to do, doesn't necessarily mean it's equally as common by men as it is by women. It's a valid practice for men too, but perhaps it hasn't become, uh, you know, commonplace as commonplace by men as it has by women. So then maybe there's an Indian for Talmud Chacham to refrain. The general population of L'Chachila, L'Kuli Al-Mashari, it would be L'Chachila, it's Mutter Me'ikar Adin. Where Amal is describing looking in the mirror, looking in the mirror, you tell people that used to be a practice that was only unique to women, you know, that's a chiddish to most people. We have a mirror, obviously women use mirrors more than men, but we have a mirror, and it continues to today, but we have mirrors in every single room where we go. Looking in a mirror is not uh, only attributed now to, to women. So perhaps there where it's become so commonplace that one doesn't even remember the time when it was only unique to women, then perhaps the Ramah would hold that even a Talmud Chacham doesn't have to refrain. Perhaps. However, that is the halacha of the Ram that's brought to halacha. If the practice becomes adopted by uh, men as well, then it is, uh, becomes 
permitted lechachila. Even lechachila. The Rashbavo asked a very basic question on this uh, halacha, and that is, how did the practice change? Who were the first pioneers? Uh, men who started adopting this practice. They were doing Be'iser. Is there a quota of men? Does it matter how many men? How many men? Which men? Maybe non-Jewish men. Oh, so the Rajbah says, well, we'll get to your point too, the Rajbah says, who are the first people to do this? The Nachshon's over here. You're doing wrong. says the Rajbah. Once it was a practice that was unique to women, the first men who did it we're doing Be'iser. Just because somebody started doing an Isa and others followed you, The Isa doesn't become Mutter. You're rewarding those who are doing Be'iser. So the Rashbuk claims, we cannot allow it. Once it's unique to women, it becomes prohibited. It sounds like, uh, you know, continuing on into the future, even if it later becomes adopted by men, because those first men who did it were doing Be'iser. The Prisha. And his comments on the tour offers what is probably the most obvious response to the Kash of the Rajbah, and that is that we follow the general culture, whatever has become the social norm, even by the Umos HaOlam. Near the Reitz HaLoimar, over here in the Pisha Zion, Anashim Goyim, who is this? It's not Yiddish men, we're talking about the Goyim. They came and the Nohug Nohug. Once that becomes a minig by men, it becomes a minig by men. We can establish what is considered to be a male practice versus a female practice based on the general uh, on the general culture. Presumably the Rashba did not want to, to capitulate on that. He did not feel we should follow the general culture in establishing what is considered to be a male practice versus a female practice. But that seems to be the opinion of the Prishan. That seems to be the opinion of the Ran. That, uh, that we can follow what is the common practice by the Umas HaOlam. That seems to be how we paskin. Ramayusha Greenwald who was the Chusterov uh, from Chust suggests that perhaps this machlekes between the Rajba and the Ran, do we follow the general culture of the element determining what is considered to be in a practice that's attributed to men or to women, perhaps hinges upon two reasons for this uh, Isa that are provided by the Sefer HaChinuch. If you look at Ois Ches, Sefer HaChinuch gives two reasons for this Isa. The first is, Mishorashi HaMitzvah Erva is uh, to distance us from Gilead Arias. Ve'ain Sofik, he says, ki imyuyu malbushe ha'anashem ve'anashem shavim, if their clothing will be the same, you won't be able to distinguish between men and women, yis'arvu elu emelu tamid umaleha ha'arzima. It will lead to a blurring of gender lines and will lead ultimately to Gilead Arias. And therefore, the Sefer Achinov says, uh, that's why the Torah prohibited uh, men wearing women garments, women wearing men's garments. If that is the case, then presumably we can follow the general culture. Whatever is a male activity or male garment uh, in the general culture can now be permitted, even if it once upon a time it was a female activity or a female garment, because we'll still be able to tell the difference between the genders based on other uh, indicators. However, uh, Sefer Chinov continues, a second reason why this is uh, prohibited, because that was the practice of the Ayyadeh of the Zara was for men to wear women's garments and women to wear men's garments. So if, and the Torah wanted to distance us from the practice of, of the Ovdeh of Adizara, if it's to distance us from the practice of the Ovdeh of Adizara, then the Rashabah's argument makes a lot of sense. We're not going to follow the Umas HaOlam in determining what is a male practice, a male garment versus a female practice, female garment. The whole purpose of this Easter is to distance us from the Umas HaOlam from the Ovdeh of Adizara. 
So then uh, the, the argument of the Rajba makes more sense. But at the same time, we Paskin like the Ran. We do not accept the argument of the Rajba. We presume we follow the general culture in establishing what is considered to be a, me- a male uh, garment, a male form of grooming, a male activity, versus a female garment, a female grooming, a uh, female uh, activity. We would follow the general, uh, the general culture. And if the general culture has adopted this as an you know, acceptable male activity, uh, so then... It would be mutter lechatchila even ikaradin. I don't want to, you know, to address Shui's issue to get involved in a discussion of the particulars of different aspects of uh, grooming and uh, uh, garments, which has become commonplace and accepted in our general culture as a male form of grooming, a male garment, female garment, male activity, female activity. There is no clear line in the sand in terms of. How accepted does it have to be? But certainly if it's a million dollar, uh, multi, hundred million dollar industry just for men, sounds like that would be something that's become accepted uh, you know, for men. And, uh, but I don't know what the percentages might be. And, uh, but if it's become so accepted, it's become an accepted custom in our culture for men to do something. Uh, there is definitely uh, sound ground to rely upon uh, to allow such an activity even the Chachila, if it's you know, still borderline, maybe a Tzurah Merabonon should refrain from doing it, uh, but if it's become uh, generally accepted in our culture that that is an uh, activity that is practiced by men just as much as women, um, then it can be allowed Lechachila, uh, as is passing by the Ramah. One case study, though... Doesn't this Machlok is applied universally to so many different dinim that it's culture changes. Some denim change when the culture changes, some don't. I mean, so when you make that determination of like, you know, culture changes, therefore you can... Well, this depends on male activity versus female activity. That's a reality. Rosh and Hara does it depend on culture? Just no, because we don't talk Rosh Hashanah doesn't make it. Let's say Goyim for a chasana, you know, to, to be in contact, drink with Goyim. Where right. years ago, it was a very different cultural aspect than today, where people at work, you know, go out for drinks all the time, etc. Et I mean, I'm just trying to think. We should explore that. We have a There's so much to say on that one topic. Right. But uh, I don't want to n- not do it justice and say something and leave out something else. But yes, sometimes yes, sometimes no. It depends on the different uh, the parameters of each individual uh, individual halacha. But just one case study to kind of you know see the parameters of this was the, the well known issue that received a lot of attention in the in the literature of the Paiskim is the issue of women wearing pants. So in the Chuvas Minchas Yitzchak and Chelak Bey Simen Unches Aleph. Simon Samach Beis both write that pants, even if they are made specifically for women, are primarily a male garment, and when they fall under this Easter of Lohiyak, Ligever, Aisha, that a woman is not allowed uh, to wear male clothing. Then continues Diane Wise, not only is she not allowed to wear it out in public, but since it's an Easter of Lohiyak, Ligever, Aisha, even in the privacy of her own home, she's not allowed to wear pants that are made specifically for women, even if it's pajamas. Uh, because uh, she's just like she's not allowed to eat treif in the home she's not allowed to wear a male garment in the home and then he continues even further that for little children as well uh, they should not be allowed to wear pants even if she's less than the age of chinuch uh, for clothing necessarily uh, she should not be allowed to wear pants just like we wouldn't feed them treif for food they should not be allowed to wear to wear uh, to wear pants either even dying wise will have to be murder they have to be maskim 
that there is a form of pants for women that is permitted. I mean, it has so different than male pants that is permitted. Uh, stockings and uh, and uh, tights are worn universally in all circles of Yiddishkeit by women. So clearly, that has distinguished itself sufficiently from the pants that are worn by men. And stockings are not generally worn by by men; it's usually worn by women. So you know, there is a place where the you know. It can go far enough away that it would be permitted, but he felt that the uh, women's pants that are marketed now, even though it's marketed and made specifically for women, are not sufficiently different from male pants and would fall under this uh, prohibition. However, Ravadi Yosef in the Tshuva and Chelek Vov, Simon Yudaud of the Abiyah Oimer, disagrees, and he says that pants has become accepted in our culture as a uh, garment that is not unique to men any longer. It is... Uh, it is something that is worn equally by men, uh, by, uh, by women, just as much as men. We're living in the age of the, you know, the, the female pantsuit, you know, the, mm. the presidential uh, candidate Hillary Clinton. of the visual of the... Oh, we'll get to, we'll get to. One second, one second, slow. So Ravadia says that pants, he believes, are a unisex garment. And there is such a thing as a unisex garment. I'm not sure Diane Weiss subscribed to that. But he claims there is such a thing as a garment that is not unique to men or women. It's worn by both genders. And he quotes as a precedent for this, the Gemara Mesechtas Nedarim. Over here, Ois Tess, the Gemara tells us in the Dharma, and Tess Mebez, the bit to the Rabbi Yehuda Nafkes, uh, the wife of Rabbi Yehuda went out, Nafkes Amra, she bought wool, Avda Glima Dehutvi, and she made an embroidered cloak. Ka Nafkes Oshukha Mechzibay, when she went out into the Shuk, she wore it as a shawl. He wore it when he went to shul. He wore the same cloak. So how could he wear the same garment? Either it's hers or it's his. So it must be, says everybody, you see that there is a unisex garment. And he claims, as well, the pants are uh, equally worn uh, by both uh, genders. And it can, uh, it would not fall underneath this Easter of Aliyah But he does continue that he still thinks it's us, sir. Because of a different Easter in the fact that it is not uh, Tznius. It compromises the Tznius of woman. He used to have a radio show that uh, you could call in and ask Shilas. That's the whole Chubas Yechavadas. It's from that radio show. So someone called in and asked, which is better, miniskirts or pants? So he refused to answer. Refused to answer. So he said, rephrase the question. He said, which is worse? <laughs> <laughs> then he answered. He insisted that you rephrase. So Ravadi claims that it's still prohibited under the Easter of, uh, not, it's, it's not uh, Tznius, but it would not fall under this, uh, under this heading of Aliyah Kugavar Alisha. And the difference will be, if she's in the privacy of her own home, and she wants to wear pajamas that have uh, pants and they're made specifically for women, uh, so then uh, they're female pants, then it would, uh, it can, or it's a unisex the garment, then it can uh, be allowed, or if it's underneath a skirt, let's say, and in which case there's no compromise in Sneos, and according to Ravadi as well, um, it can be allowed. <coughs> So that, we have a large heading, just to recap for a second. We have a large heading, We included underneath that not only clothing of the opposite gender, but any grooming activity or uh, any uh, gender-specific activity. But if we, uh, we claim, if, in the name of the Ron, and that's how we seem to Paskin, if the activity has become adopted by the opposite gender, then it, uh, to a significant degree, uh, then it can be uh, permitted... Uh, is there any other room uh, for leniency with regards to this Easter? So Taisus derives from the Gemara Mesechtas Nazir another uh, Tzad Lahokel, another avenue 
of leniency based on the uh, concluding line of that Gemara Nazir back in Ois Beis in the Testament Aleph. The Gemara, again, if you remember, asked with regards to trimming the hair of the Beis Ever and the Beis Hashechi, that if it's prohibited to trim it with scissors, which is the way it says in Shulchan Aruch, uh, but it's going to keep growing. In the mi- middle of the fourth line, it's going to keep growing and growing and growing. So he responded, don't worry, it's going to fall out. So what is going to keep growing and growing and growing? What was his uh, argument? So if you look in Tysus over here, Tysus says, Even if you'll cut it, it will not be considered a tikkun. He's only doing it to uh, remove the discomfort. So it sounds like from Tysus, if all you're doing, uh, you're only doing this activity, you're doing this activity uh, is to remove discomfort, it's b'makam tsar, uh, then it can be allowed. And this is quoted um, in the Shulchan Aruch. And you're a day over here, Kufnun Vav Sif Beis, says the Shulchan Aruch, if you want to look in a mirror, you're not doing so uh, to make yourself look nice, you're doing it because uh, it's Mishum Rafua, or you're taking a haircut, you don't want to uh, kill yourself. So then it's a b'makam tsar. So then the Shulchan Aruch says it can be allowed. Elam ken mishum rafuah kugon shechoshes be'enav. While the Ramah adds, im oisa l'rafuah shemayr enav oisha oisa lahaser aksami panav anoitzis meiroshay to remove uh, something of discomfort. Then it can be allowed. B'makam tsar it can be allowed. So the Taz takes this uh, argument of Taisus even one step further. The Taz. Over here, Oisir Aleph and Kuf Pei Beis of Kuf and Dalid writes that Mashma Derech either Vekishut Aser. When is it prohibited to do a practice? You know, to wear a garment that's unique to women, or uh, engage in a grooming activity that's unique to women, or any other gender-specific activity? That's only if you're doing it Derech either Vekishut. Avalam Oisa to make yourself uh, look nice. Avalam Oisa came if Nei Hachamo. It's you know, Kshamim. If it's cold, it's hot, it's raining. Ain Iser Kain. Then there's no Isar. Seems to me to be obvious, just like the Ramah allowed uh, cutting your hair in front of a mirror uh, so that you shouldn't hurt yourself. It's allowed anytime you're doing it for any other, it sounds like any other reason where you have a, let's say, a purpose, a utilitarian purpose for why you're doing it, then it uh, can be allowed. Chuvas Divrei Chaim, sounds rough, disagrees with this task. He says, so what that you have a different purpose in mind? Why should that matter? Why should that matter? So he rejected this Taz. He was really quoting it in the name of the Bach, his father-in-law. He rejected it. However, the Maram Shik, who's one of the foremost Talmudim of the Sam Seifer, explains in the Tshuva and Simen Kufai and Gimel why this is allowed, and it's because it goes back to the reason, the nature of this Easter. And that is, it's in order to distance us um, from Gilearias, and if men will wear women's garments, women will wear male garments, that will blur the gender lines. But in Kalita Gilearis, but here, if you're not doing it in order to blur the gender lines, you're not doing it to follow the practices of women, which Kalita Gilearis then, because you're blurring the gender lines. You're doing it uh, for some other reason, a tangible reason as to why you're doing it. We understand, it serves a purpose. It's, uh, it's cold, it's hot, it's raining. You have some other reason as to why you're doing it, then the Taz quotes in the name of the Bach that it can be allowed, and that is the generally accepted psaq, not like the Divrei Chaim. In fact, there's a tshuva in the tshuva's Avnei Tzedek. The Avnei Tzedek was the first Rabbi Kusil Yehuda Teitelbaum. First of Zalman Leib, the Rav from Siget, the Baal Yit of Leib. So in the tshuva's Avnei Tzedek, 
he is discussing uh, where was the reactionary. He's quoting from the. He's the grandfather, I think, of Avraham. Uh, so he's quoting. He is discussing there. Shiloh, when it's very cold outside, the woman wanted to wear pants underneath the skirt. They wanted to wear pants, and they made pants uh, that were specifically for the woman. So he writes there. Conveniently, this is omitted by Diane Weiss and the Tzitzel in their presentations. But he writes that the pants are sufficiently different than the pants that were made for men. And it's not an Easter of Loyakli Gever Aisha or Tzniyus because they were wearing it underneath their skirt. And he claims, even if we would not have that, uh, even if we reject that argument, Lemaisa, they're wearing it because it's cold outside. So he said if they're wearing it because it's cold outside, so again, that is for a purpose, you know, a reason, not because it necessarily looks nice and they're trying to blur the gender lines, which could lead to Gilead Rice, they're doing it because of some reason, so then, um, so then it would not fall underneath this Easter, and he bases himself on the argument of the Bach that's presented over here uh, by the Taz. Well, let's say, uh, Moshe discusses, it's a person's parnasa, let's say a man is a swimmer. And he wants to cut the hair from his legs because he move faster in the water. So that's your parnasa. We understand why the person is doing it. So then again, would not fall within the, this Easter, the parameters of this Easter. It's only if you're doing it because it looks nice and will blur, uh, to blur the gender lines. Similarly, the Sefer Achsidim writes, over here in Simon Reish, let's say, uh, they're not talking about B'makom Pikuach Nefesh, but a woman wants to carry a weapon to defend herself. Pikuach Nefesh, you have a different Tzad Lehet there. But uh, she wants to carry a weapon to defend herself. So then the Sefer Achsidim claims we understand why she's doing it and would be allowed. Even though we said, that woman is not allowed to be Makashid Asma, but Klizayan and Vyetzalamachama. But here, uh, we know why she's doing it, doing it for a reason to defend herself. And uh, so then uh, Sefer writes the Sefer Achsidim, it can be allowed. And uh, unfortunately, this is going on in Eretz Israel now. They have gun teachers carrying weapons uh, in certain neighborhoods to, in order to protect themselves. Or the Sefer Achsidim continues, let's say the Umas HaElem are targeting male Jews, not females. Can a man dress up as a woman in order to save himself? Obviously, if it's Pikuach Nefesh, it can be allowed. This is not one of the Gimel Averis HaChamuras. But even uh, without that, argues the Sefer Achsidim, we know why he's doing it. So it can be allowed. Everyone knows the Belzareba, in order to escape, uh, had to dress up like a, a girl, like a woman, in order to get out of Europe, because they were looking for him. So then, uh, so it's all based on the same. Even if it wouldn't be certainly that was. But even if it wouldn't be, uh, you have that this tzad uh, that we understand why you're doing it, and it's not in order to because it looks nice in order to blend the gender lines. Because of this as well, the Ramah writes in or Hilchas Purim. It's quoted over here by the Taz. If you turn back to Eisyon Aleph, it's in Metafresh Sadivav and Hilchas Purim that uh, if you're doing it for Simchas Purim, let's say, man wants to wear woman's garments on Purim. Uh, or at a, at a wedding, let's say. So the Ramah says that it can be allowed. So that far, the Bach, uh, why? Because you're not doing it. We know why you're doing it. You're going to make, uh, make Levitic on Purim. So the Bach claims that no. Uh, he says that, that uh, that's not sufficient grounds to allow this. Yeah, yeah, if you're doing it for a real reason, a legitimate purpose, we can allow it. You're not doing it because it looks like the general lines. You can allow it independently of the arguments that maybe it's become accepted by the general culture. If you're doing it for another reason, independent of all that, we can allow it. But it has to be a legitimate reason. Well, people do it. Little children. They very often dress like little children that is opposite sex. On Purim. On Purim. So, but... Uh, there's base in the Ramah. 
But the Mishnah Brura himself in Ochos Purim decries the practice that it leads to late sonus, that it does lead, uh, it does lead to, uh, to a, a blur, you know, a arise. No, nothing good comes from these things, and therefore the Mishnah Brura claims um, that it should not be done. It has to be a legitimate, uh, legitimate practice. One final uh, issue is something that has come up now, a more common Shiloh, Babu Naseinu Harabim, in our days, is uh, a man who feels, uh, identifies more as a woman than a man. Born biologically as a man, and, uh, but now he feel, identifies more as a woman than a man. Can he wear female clothing? Uh, certainly not. It would fall clearly underneath uh, this Iser of Lo Yilbosh Geber, Simlas Isha. What if he would like to go underneath the reassignment surgery uh, to make himself uh, into a woman? So there's an Iser, of course, involved in that, of Cirrus, that he would render himself sterile, and that, uh, that of course, is an independent Iser. But uh, in, besides the Iser of Cirrus, perhaps the surgery itself would fall underneath this Iser of Lo Yilbash Gever Simlas Iser. To change the form of one's body to resemble that of a woman might also be included in this Iser. The Gemara says in Mesech the Shabbos and Daphne Gimel Mebeis Taner Abanon, Ma'isa be'echad shemeisa ishtoi menicha ben linok. There was a man who died, and a, a, a man, I'm sorry, whose wife died. He was a single father, and he had no money or no body to nurse his, uh, to feed his his baby. For ha'ischar menicha litan, he didn't have any money. He developed breasts like the breasts of a woman. And he was able to nurse his own son. How unfortunate is this individual? That the order of Bereshis, of creation, was changed for this individual. So it says Rashi, Rashi explains in that Gemara, because the Kodesh has many ways to provide. And he could have given him, you know, a windfall of profits and some other business venture. But instead, Kaddish Baruch Hu, uh, made him grow dadim kedad isha in order to feed his child. So kamagaru adam zed. Doesn't sound like this is a good thing. It sounds like it's neshtanis sidrei beishu. So perhaps one could argue, and some place can do, that to engage in this type of surgery to alter one's body to resemble the body of a woman might also uh, fall underneath this iser of yilbash gever simlas isha. But let's say the person did the surgery. And now, at the body of a woman, is he now allowed to wear female clothing? Do we uh, recognize uh, his uh, surgery in this regard? So the poets can claim uh, that we do not, and it seems to be uh, a comment of Rabbeinu Hananel on the Pasuk, I believe in Parshas Achrimais, which states, The Pasuk of Mishkav Zachar. The Pasuk of Mishkav Zachar has a plural phrase, Mishkavei Isha. What is Mishkavei Isha? Why the plural? So says the Ibn Ezra in the name of Rabbeinu Hananel, that even a man who alters his body to create an opening to that that's similar of a woman, if he will now engage in relations with another man, will invi- still violate Mishkav Zachar. Will still violate Mishkav Zachar. So the Ibn Ezra rejects it, not fundamentally. The Ibn Ezra rejects it because such a thing is not possible. So... That can't be, that's what the Pasuk is referring to. It's not possible. Unfortunately, we know in our times it is possible. So claims of Ben Hanano, that's what the Pasuk is referring to, that even though he's altered his body to resemble that of a woman, it would still be considered to be uh, Mishk of Zachar, and therefore it seems to be the Torah does not recognize the fact that his body has changed. There is one, uh, perhaps, uh, inference 
from Rashi and Chumash, it seems to disagree with Rabbeinu Hanano. Pasuk tells us, last thing in Parashas Vayetze, Vayachar Yoldobas, that after uh, all the sons, Dina gave birth to a daughter, Vatikra Shema Dina, and she called her name Dina. Why does it say Vayachar Yoldobas? Afterwards, she gave birth to a daughter. That's a unique language. It doesn't appear by the other children. So Rashi explains, because initially she was not a daughter. She was supposed to be a son. But Leah was done Din Ba'atzma, she, uh, she felt bad for Rachel. She was going to have less Shvatim than the Shvachos. So she davened that the boy, who was supposed to be a son, be changed to a girl while she was pregnant. His power of an Evchel and a Keva. And yet, we recognize Dina as a girl, even though she started off as a boy. In fact, the Alshech writes, Vatetze Dina Basleya, later on in the Mice of Shechem, Dina goes out, and she is, Leros Bibnois Haaretz goes out to see if Ostutzech was going on. And she's a Yatsanis, as Rashi describes. Why was uh, Dina Yatsanis not? Claims the Alshech, like Rashi tells us, because Yulea was a Yatsanis, because she went out to greet Yitzchak. She's going out to greet her husband. There's nothing wrong with that. What Dina was doing was, uh, was frowned upon. Why was Dina Yatsanis, Basleya, not because she was taking after Leah, but because Leah davened that she later become a boss. But initially she was a zachar, so she retained certain male characteristics of being a yasonis, writes the Alshech. So she maintained a certain remnant of the fact that initially she was a zachar. So you see, but yet we recognize the fact that she is in the cave. So one could argue, obviously, that that was before she was born. The change occurred, and this was my sinisim. The Gemara himself, this bracha says that uh, don't count on this happening. You know, the gender changing of a baby where once a woman is pregnant, the gender can't change. This was my sinisim. So clearly, that uh, that case would be different. But in the case that's coming up, lemaisa, uh, that 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 would not uh, would, would not be the case. Okay.